Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host back again, Rich Polly, and joining me is uh, last week's host, but we're not letting him do it twice in a row, Ben Hibbert. Hi. Hello, mate. Um, we've got the jolliest green giant, Liam Baker. Green now? Maybe. Maybe. XTC coming up. Oh, God. <laughs> you'll, 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 be, you'll be any colour that'll have you, won't you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, also joining us, probably doing a bit of chat, in his producer, Tim. Hello there. Uh, and we've got a guest joining us today as well. It is Marcus Wilson of the Mando's Squadron. Uh, hi, Marcus. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, so where's the Mando's Squadron from? I have a so, vague uh, idea. So Mando's is mainly based sort of around the Midlands, but it kind of the, the main bulk of our crew comes from uh, Milton Keynes, but there's a couple as well who come from Sorry. Northampton. Northampton? Northampton, yeah. Milton Keynes. Uh, I Milton used to live Keynes in Bedford. Bedford, you <laughs> see, used to be where I used to live, so I know the area. I said yeah, I know the but... area. I don't, I don't know it that well. <laughs> We've also got a couple from like Peterborough and stuff, so I think it's more like a, a catch-all at the moment. So is there yeah. anyone who's kind of without somewhere to, to play who tends to kind of gravitate? But uh, yeah, representing the Mandos as well at the moment, but also play for the Kessel Runners, which is a, a much smaller group of a couple of friends. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've got that luxury of having two sort of groups that I can gravitate towards. Okay. Do you, cool. do you play with the um, the Cloud City guys as well, don't you? Yeah. So the Mandos is kind of uh, the Cloud City is the kind of Cloud City 2.0, as it were. Um, yeah. So the, the main body of people who were played for Cloud City became the Mandos when sort of you know post COVID and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, yeah. So basically, all the all the crew that you remember, you know, X Wing Jesus, Darth Sparkles, all that lot. So it's really? yeah. I used to listen to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be nice if that came back as well. It's a, it was a, it was a funny podcast, so uh, yeah, it'd be good if that came back in some <laughs> iteration. We get more uh, X Wing Jesus. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good lad. I, I asked him at one of the events. I was like, "Why have you got that?" And he said, "Oh, it just makes it easier to find my name on listings." Yeah, he's good. Ian's great. So yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, all right. Um, so thanks for coming on, Marcus. We've got you on because a uh, couple of reasons. First of all, you did you did play at Worlds and you did quite well. Um, so we're going to have a bit of a chat um, with you a little bit about your Worlds experience to see if it kind of pairs up to, to what kind of Liam and Tim uh, experienced. Um, so we'll have a little bit of a, of a gas on about that. Um, and also you, uh, you went. <laughs> Sorry. I had bad thought. <laughs> Okay, I was, I was um, thinking it couldn't have paired up with how Liam's worlds went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was trying to be. I was trying to be nice, um, but also I, you I couldn't hold it in because I'm a horrible person. <laughs> so you went. You went to board in Brom uh, at the weekend as well. I did, and yeah. You pre- yeah. And you prevented producer Tim from taking the top spot um by by strength of schedule you two were the yeah two it was a very those. close call it was a very yeah. close call and for i think for a bit for sort of my game finished first it went because i think we were both at three and oh where we went into our respective pairings and, I, and I, my game finished a little bit before his so yeah. it was it could have gone either way to be fair so mm-hmm. but yeah yeah I mean, there wasn't more time for like a final round i love it when there's like a I mean, an undefeated player it looks great yeah like i mean i i, I think uh i mean I, I think i said at the time i wasn't that fussed about playing uh the, the if there was a fifth round uh just because four games was i was fine and and i and i actually hadn't gone to be like 
super competitive, but the list happened to be doing pretty well. Which which list did you take, Tim? We'll, we'll chat about that in a minute. Um, which list was it, Tim? How did it do at Worlds? I, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> one, 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 one interesting thing was there were three of us who were three and zero going to the final round. I got I got paired uh, into Andy Cameron, who was the other three and zero. Uh, but Marcus got pared down. So actually, yeah. you you would think that Marcus's strength of schedule would actually uh, be worse because if you beat a two and one, they become a two and two. Uh, it just so happened that two of your other opponents um, did finish three and one. So yeah, it was very close. It, 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 the difference was one opponent going three and one instead of two and two. That's how mm-hmm. how close it was, but it's fine. Like I, I was quite happy with with how the day went, and uh, and I know Marcus came up to me just before the awards, like you know, because it had obviously swapped around, and asked me if it was correct. I said, "This is a bit with strength of schedule. You can't you can't look at the the ladder until all the results are in, because all it takes is one result, and then you know it all flips around. So, uh, but no, it was a a, a good day. Yeah, I did yeah. sit there for like sort of t- twenty minutes, kind of thinking, "Oh crumbs, I've kind of." done so well and then ended up yeah, the strength of schedule being defeated especially being pared down and kind of griping about it but then obviously no one i didn't realize that the app that you use that is it long shanks is that the one that we use yeah 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 kind yeah, of like takes right at the end and, and literally i was like oh what and i ended yeah i didn't i remember chatting with well, you going is yeah, this right? yeah yeah so it's it's, it's, it's each result isn't it because it's uh, strength yeah. of schedule is the combined scores or, or the results of your opponents so if one of your opponent's games was the last game to finish then it can't correctly calculate strength of schedule till it's got all the data in. Um, it it will do like a running strength of schedule so as results are coming in, and that's why it just flips around. So yeah, it's, there's no point worrying about the ladder until it's like finalised and you know get to awards. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so well done. Um, what uh, what list did you bring with you? So I actually brought the list that I took to Worlds. Um, so mine was a first order list. Um, I think most of it's pretty typical to what most people are flying at the moment with first order. But then there's a couple of le- little extra bits in there that I sort of prefer. So I took, uh, took me to go through the list, the actual in detail. So you don't need to talk about Malarus, Scorch and DT798. You can talk no, about the, the other half of it. <laughs> yeah, so my Malarus and DT and Scorch were essentially the same, except my Scorch and DT have uh, shield upgrades on rather than sort of uh, optics or anything like that. So I prefer yeah. keeping them on the on the table longer than rather than just constantly converting to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fourth piece is Static, which uh, with Proud Tradition, Fanatical and Pattern Analyzer, and that's a bit of a favourite favorite piece of mine so static's the one that where if you've got the target lock and the focus you can convert all your all your dice to crits which and is... you can get focus lock on turnaround turns as pattern exactly and most of the time when you actually do that ter- that that sort of three sloop you, or that all the time the two sloop you can get them at, at range one as well which is just a dream <laughs> so uh, yeah it's really really good well, uh, then, sorry, do you have to spend both you have to spend both, but it's all you always roll off first anyway. You roll first just in case because sometimes, like what happened once at Worlds when I did this two sort of sloop, sort of got into range one of this guy, and I, I, he, he obviously knew what was going to happen because I had the lock, I had the focus because of pattern analyzer and proud tradition. But then actually, when I rolled out of hand, I actually rolled, I think it was uh, hit, hit, crit, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, I don't need it to, I don't need to spend. So it's, it's quite a nice piece. It's not quite a gotcha piece people obviously know what happens but it's quite a nice piece because it, it's it, it's uh you can use it quite often and people mm-hmm. don't actually go after static i think you know i've got fanatical on there i don't think what? in the 
What initiative? Static, sorry. Four. So it's the same as Scorch, same as DT. Oh, nice. I like that. So it's... So it works really well. I mean, lots of my other teammates, so both the Kessel Runners and the Mandos, were like, maybe we, I should put that Lieutenant Gallic in, that I-5, that I mm. one that gives you the coordinate, but I just don't like the idea of having to lose a ship in order to trigger an ability. So I went with Static, and it's worked brilliantly ever since. And then the other two pieces in my list are the two SFs that I think uh, people are kind of sleeping on a little bit. So Backdraft, again, with Proud Tradition, Patent Analyzer, and Special Forces Gunner, and then Captain Phasma with Proud Edition, Pattern Analyzer, Special Forces Gunner, and Electronic Baffle rather than uh, Fire Control System. I prefer the Baffle because, again, that ability to be able to do that three sloop and then get the target lock and the focus again and again and again, just by taking a hit, is really, really good. Um, yeah. And actually, Ph- Phasma... Phasma's nice. Phasma's a nice piece, but it, it's difficult to keep... Well, I say it's always been difficult for me when I used to play it with the Upsilon to keep them together mm. with Tavson. But I guess Phasma is it's easier to keep her with the the other TIE fighters because they're kind totally. of equable speed. Who so, do yeah, you that... tend to keep Phasma with? Is there sort of uh, does Phasma I have usually, a partner? Usually, yeah, backdraft. Backdraft back usually yeah. because backdraft's got that sort of you know obviously having three shields as well and three you know three hull. Yeah, it definitely helps. And Phasma was kind of the last piece that I, we kind of put in there. I was playing with a, a very good friend of mine, Steve Duguid, and he was, I was trying to find this sixth piece for this list. And I was playing with things like Ember. I was playing with things like, uh, you know, Jedrad in, the, um, the, in the, the, the FO Bomber. And he was basically saying, none of these are working for you. Have you thought about Phasma? And when you look at Phasma's ability, the fact that, you know, she ends up causing damage to all the pieces around her, you kind of go, mm, not quite sure. But then as soon as actually we started playing with her on the board, it, was actually brilliant you know when you're doing like the um salvage mission she's fantastic oh you've hit me with a crit well i'll send that away i'm not having that one (laughs) and you know and if you go for her and you try to kill her to get the four points well you that's going to take a lot of work because she's just going to be shifting out those hits or those crits to wherever i can put them and you know she's actually a very remarkable piece and for four points you know you've got 14 loadout you've got three uh three shields three hull you've got you know, three shots out the front or two shots out the front, two shots out the back. They're just brilliant. I think all the SFs are pretty, pretty good um, yeah. for their costs. So, that, yeah. so that's my, it, my list. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's interesting because there's a lot of correct choices in, in FO that, you know, we, you can't really go wrong with a lot of the choices in FO. Totally. And it's what you put with the other 11 points after you put the three three-point TIE fighters in. Um, you know, we saw Nicholas, and we had a chat with him a few weeks ago, um, he he had um, Gallic, Ember, and Backdraft, um, and then Dave Sutcliffe, who who plays with us regularly, kind of cycled through so many different pieces, and he settled on Grudge, uh, Gallic, and Ember. Um, and you've obviously, you know, he he cycled in and out of Phasma quite quickly because he got frustrated that she didn't punch as hard as he wanted her to. Um, for the fact that she was an annoyance but you know obviously different people different flying styles different tactics and strategies mean mean different things and it's it's interesting to see so i mean you you obviously came um kind of top at board and brum when you you played at worlds um yep. you came 22nd correct yeah so the final final sort of 22nd was i was really really chuffed with so yeah yeah so the the 22nd best player in the world three points better so your choices were clearly better than dave's because he was 25th so you know proof that backdraft and uh phasma and um, and 
and static are better than whatever ones he was. I always forget. They always mix them up. Um, but then both of you were incorrect compared to Nathan, who obviously, <laughs> not Nathan, Nicholas, Nicholas. Um, yeah. who clearly made all the right choices because he won in the end. So, um, yeah, uh, cool. No. I mean, how, how was Worlds for you? Did you enjoy it? Oh, Worlds was incredible. That was my first sort of Worlds experience. So I first, I won my Worlds ticket sort of way back in 2020 um, at that really big SOS uh, system opening. Uh, I think it was Milton Keynes. Oh, um, yeah. The, the, the day two, was it the, the first chance qualifier thing, go 5-0 and oh, and you win it? That one. No, my, I, I actually went, I got through today. You got top today. eight, didn't you? I was top Ooh. eight, yeah. So I, I managed to all the way through. Um, nice. I, again, was, was that the faux show? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was the, I remember it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good. So I turned up on day one, and I, I you know, I have, I, I think I've had three games with the photo, and just kind of, I, I enjoyed it. I thought I'll, I'll give it a go because they were twenty-five points, and you could squeeze eight of them in, and it was just like, okay, you don't have to fly them as a block. It, it helps if you do. If you need to break up that block, you're not tethered to anything mm-hmm. like the Howl Runner Swarm was. Um, and I literally took it and sort of I won five. I think it was this. There was six games on day one. I won five of my six and i was just like oh my god i've made it into day two that was a real surprise but i had no idea that i'd keep going through and winning games to the point where i was saying to my wife sort of on the sunday i was like oh don't worry i'll be home by midday or you know <laughs> then I'd win my game i was like, oh, don't worry i'll be home by two and then i'd ring my game and it was just literally you know 64 to 32 to 16 and then into the top eight i was just like i was a bit flabbergasted it was it just seemed to run on and on and on on. So uh, yeah, I was really chuffed with that, and that, I think that's given me the experience with FO and particularly um, uh, high FOs having flown eight with success mm-hmm. to sort of fly this uh, this list. But yeah, Worlds was great. It was really really good experience, and I think winning sort of my first three games from the very start really kind of put me in a position where I was like, oh, actually, hold on, I've got a decent shot at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my fourth game uh, to uh, it's, it's the French uh, guy Contact Contact Quarantin, yeah, for yes, friend yeah, of the yeah. podcast, yeah, yeah. He's a, he was a lovely guy, um, amazing player, like off the scale. I think that was the worst matchup I could have possibly had because he was obviously flying sort of Vader and uh, Suntir style, you know, th- th- this outmaneuver list, and then it was chance engagement. So I was like, oh, that's the worst pairing for for my list. I don't like flying chance engagement. So mm-hmm. it was uh, that was a you know. A, 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 definitely a definite loss for me and then i, I played uh, um dale cromwell game five and, and beat him so it was it was it was a, a good day one and i was really really chuffed and then came into day two sort of thing oh you're brilliant I'll, I'll probably be in the top 100 that would be great wonderful wonderful um lost my first game but then had a, had a really nice run of two or three games where i won those and it was just it was brilliant it was a great experience and the loot they gave out during those two days was just phenomenal mm-hmm all the tokens and all the, the, the you know, all the, the uh, templates and all this kind of stuff. It was just fantastic. And then to get a mat as well, it was just brilliant. It was mm-hmm. a fantastic experience. So I'm just looking at your at your list. So you, you won three on the bounce, including against Connor um, with his yeah. first version round three. Then Corrington, who ended up in top eight um, in round four. Dale in round five. Um a blazant whose name I recognise, but you you lost against him round six of so day one game one. Then so you won. Was... Yep. You won t- against Tom M. Top. The real names aren't in here; they're not a thing. Then you lost to Jean Francois <laughs> Goudreau, who's Canadian, a yeah. Canadian guy. He's a really yep. good player. And then he you is, beat 
Brendan, who is also a listener to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and then also you, a very good player. And also yep. a very good player. Yeah, I should say that because he'll get all upset <laughs> with me on Discord if I don't. Um, and then um, you beat Will Higwood of Gold Squadron. Yes, that was the winner in round ten to to put yourself on seven and three. Yeah, it was really great. I mean, all of it, all the games were just fantastic. And there was a couple of them. So that my game, I think my game four uh, was, got to a point where there was no chance of me winning it. Um, but with the other games that I lost, so game six and game, uh, I want to say game eight, um, they, they were very, very close, like one or two points either way or one, you know, uh, a change in one direction could have made a, a huge difference. So I was really, really chuffed. It, you know, it could have been gone a different way, but I was really, really pleased. And playing sort of some of these famous faces and people who are sort of well-known on podcasts and on the X-Wing circuit was a real delight. Yeah. Um, but my, my last game was a real sort of, you know, Will Haywood was, you know, if we, I think everyone was knackered by that point. And we, we kind of had come to the decision, you know, we, we weren't going to make the cut, so let's have a little bit of a giggle. And it was a really good game. And, Again, super close, but it was a real a, amazing experience and something hopefully I'll be able to do again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so it was a really cool thing to do. So yeah, really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the energy that is in the community for organised play post Worlds is is incredible, and a lot of people are kind of now looking at things like the UK Games Expo, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and thinking, oh, even though there's a convention tax on it, oh, I want to go, I want to go, I want to play. Um, definitely, so, definitely. yeah, there's a there's like a massive energy to um, just X-wing in general at the moment, and you can kind of feel it in the community. Like we we've sold out the Sith Taker Open. I've, I've mentioned it before in in mm-hmm. minutes, um, and we've got a you know a waiting list, and you know we're trying to figure out how to fix that. <laughs> um, but it's hard. Um, you know, and it's it's like there's just like a real vibrancy. Like the event at Board and Brom was, you know, um, twenty something, twenty two people, 22. and it was like three weeks' notice. And you just said we're going to run an event. It would be great if some people could come, and basically everybody turned up who was able to attend. Um, so. Yeah, it was really good. And it was a great um, event. It was it was really nice. And and not only is the venue particularly good, you know, you've got lots of space on the tables. You know, the, the, the people who turned up to play were all super keen, super excited to be there. But it was the actual event itself was run brilliantly. It was a really nice um, sort of, there was a really nice atmosphere in the room. There, were, there was, you know, each match that we had, there wasn't like mega minutes between each game. You know, it was like you finish one game, you've got like sort of five, ten minutes, then you get straight on to the next one. There was no confusions about who was playing who or where you needed to be. It was really, really well run. And it was a real a real joy to be there in that room. It was great. It was really, really good. Don't be too nice about Liam, though. He'll get ahead of himself. <laughs> to too honest. late. It's already happened. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. You know, it was, you know what it felt like? It felt like pre-COVID X-Wing at that point where where everyone was turning up because there was something to gain or there was an excitement about new lists and that sort of thing. And it had that feel exactly as both of you guys have been saying. Mm-hmm. X-Wing for me is definitely in a place. It's in sort of the best place it's ever been where, you know, anyone could turn up into a game and play and have a chance of winning it. And it's not like it was towards the end of 2.0 where if you didn't have the right list, you were kind of done. With X-Wing as it currently is, you can, you've got a shot. You know, you've got a shot with scenarios. You've got a shot with your list, regardless, you know, of who you're facing or what list they've got. So, you know, I think yeah. X-Wing's in a, a tremendous place at the moment. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with you. Um, it's worth um, mentioning that um, when this goes live, the UK Games Expo 
tickets will have been on sale for a few days. Um, we don't know if that means there's going to be any left or not. <laughs> we don't know how many they're going to have for sale, um, but there'll be some. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see oh, what... Um, surely what... The, the pressure's on UK Games Expo to see if it can sell quicker than Ziv Taker Open. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a there's a definite question there, isn't there? Um, <laughs> so they they, they, uh, they also have 128 tickets. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's all good. Um, it's, so there's only 128, which means that I have to genuinely shift um, if I want to make sure I get one. So um, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Like, uh, I think the last one was 70 players, but. I mean, I, th- I feel like there's a bit more hype around the game at the moment. I think there was room for plenty more people, though it didn't sell out. No, 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 abs- no that's what I mean. Last year, the, o- the only got to 70 is what I mean. Whereas I feel like there's a bit more hype, uh, you know, around the game and sort of organised play at the moment. So hopefully that will mean that we sell some more tickets. The only you know, issue, and we have it every year, it's the late notice. So we'll probably find that a few diehard Europeans will travel like hopefully quarantine may come back over but um you, you won't get as many as perhaps you would have done if um with, with a bit more notice yeah I know Corentin said he's he's coming and I had got gone off the Facebook page a few a few of the Polish lads have marked themselves as coming but you know it's about a month and a half out so it's the usual thing of can I sort out travel accommodation and uh, can I be bothered to pay all of the convention costs uh, to be there, sort of thing? But um, I mean, we'll see. Um, I've I've got permission to go. I'm coming off the back of a family holiday on the Friday, and I've been told that I can go if I drive down on the Saturday morning and back on the Saturday night, with the understanding that if I make cut, I can sleep somewhere and come back on the Sunday after I lose. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. It's a chance to go and play. So um, yeah, I, I really want to be in a big room playing um, because um, good news. Uh, good news for our listeners to the podcast is Mrs. Polly has given her permission. She has blessed me uh, with permission to travel to Chicago at the back end of March next year. So um, or whenever um, Adepticon is. Um, so uh, we're currently figuring out how to pay, and she's given me instructions not to spend any money until I've um, mentioned it to her first, because she can probably do it through top cashback and get us money back on other stuff. So um, basically, the the whole thing is I'm I'm going to Worlds next year. Basically, just have to try and get a get a seat. So I'm quite I'm quite chuffed. Um, well, you've, you've always got the last chance to qualify if you don't. I know, but I don't want to go there and do a Liam. Um, <laughs> I knew it was coming, but I was just getting excited. <laughs> I can taste Liam's pain. The, the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, I know myself how bad I am on game one of any given event, and I need a game to settle in. And the last chance qualifier, I don't want to have a bad game one and then end up fighting and scrapping. Um, the whole way through um, so yeah I, I'd like to win a seat somewhere but acknowledge that there's not going to be many seats available um, at events that I'm going to be able to get to because I think the UK Games Expo and then maybe one of these store championships when they come around um, is probably going to be my my two opportunities to do it so um, I might be entering full-on super try-hard mode for the UK Games Expo we'll see 
So, um, the, well, the interesting thing with that is that they have said that the regionals, so what the UK Games Expo will be, is giving worlds invites, plural. Yes. So uh, there was talk, I think, on their uh, Adepticon panel that depending how big the cut is and depending perhaps how far you get, you'll not only get a world's invite, but you'll also get X amount of round buys. Um, so that could be interesting. And obviously, we haven't had actually any details of what uh, the event kit uh, sort of consists of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, slight little bit of what's oh, very exciting news. Um, an event in Chile, talk about event kits, an event in Chile. <laughs> You've been saying to mention this, haven't you? Oh, man. Um, so they <laughs> sent basically the, um, I'll find out a little bit more about it, right? But basically what's happened is new prize dice have appeared on the internet, like a picture of some things from some players in Chile who were like, we ran an event, oh, we were at an event and these, th this was the prize support. Um, and they had like four of the Plo Koon world ships. They had a set of the Red Squadron templates from the 2018 system open, I think. My um, favorite. And then they're, they're really nice. And then they also had eight bags of dice. Um, and everyone was like, oh, are those the 2017 regional sparklies? And the guy went, no, well, they're these ones. And like took a picture of them. And they're like clear with little flecks of glitter in them. And it was like red and green glitter. And it was like, oh, they're new. Those are new. Nobody's got those. Those are new things. Um, so everybody's basically gone mad for it. People are trying to throw money at the lads in Chile that have got them. Um, apparently, it's a um, it's a like a war gaming convention that's run by Asmodee um, America, um, and as part of it, they run an X Wing event, and they've turned up with some random prize support, um, which happens to have included some not yet available in the community or to win anywhere other than this 16 person event in chile um so basically yeah top eight top half got them uh poor one poor, poor one out for ninth place um, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't get a set although actually i was i i have a feeling that the guy who organized the event and i think he won it i think he handed something down to the person who came ninth um in a because um, um, he was his mate kind of a thing but anyway um so he popped up on discord and showed us all this stuff and we were just like wow that's really cool well done mate we're all incredibly jealous um so um these things are out there they're apparently from the 2020 um kits that never went anywhere because of covid um maybe I've at some point somewhere that watkins says he's got some so there's a funny story that I don't know well enough to recant it on the podcast, and I don't know Alex well enough to know if he'd be happy uh, for somebody to recant it on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a um, there's a story somewhere about um, Alex accidentally using them on stream or something. Um, yeah, that's where Liam saw him, didn't he? No. So basically, the dice that I saw that thought that I thought were new were the like oh the world's ones, weren't they? There were world's ones where it was like obviously the color of the die, whether it be red or green, uh, yes. with a with a grey marble effect in it, and I thought they were new because obviously I'd never seen them before. But it turns out they were old ones. And then I was talking to Alex at the STO a couple of years ago about it, and he was like, "Funny story." I actually wanted to take a set of dice on there, but they told me I no, they told me no, I wasn't allowed. And then obviously these ones have popped up, so I think that's hint enough for us to conclude that they were the dice. 
Well, there you go. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump to any conclusions, but if you haven't seen them, they're on the uh, the UK Ireland Facebook page. They're on the Sith Takers um discord and facebook page and they'll be around um basically all over the place uh where people post about um x-wing stuff um because they're really 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 pretty so they are nice um, they are nice looking yeah so i mean i covet them and i really really hope that they're going to start turning up at some kind of kit or event or something um if they were in the 2020 kit which was going to be for hyperspaces possibly then there could be as many of them as there were the black dice, or they could be as rare as the as the Marvel Worlds ones that only sixteen sets of were ever made. Who knows? Let's find out. But right now they're unicorn poo, um, <laughs> and at the minute people like Isophane are going out and trying to find somebody, one of these eight people who's willing to sell a set of the dice to him, so that he can then auction them or raffle them off to fund the Isoplane to go to Worlds next year. So. Um, if any of the Chilean people who um, who won a set of these dice fancy selling them uh, to Isophane so that he can raffle them off to get some people to Worlds next year, get in touch. We'll do it. But yeah, they're beautiful things. Um, we're talking a little bit, actually, before about um, stuff that um, AMG have said. Um, and they made a lot of announcements at Star Wars Celebration. Now, Tim, you were at celebration marcus just, were you um, at celebration just before we move on to celebration i Go would on. like tim to tell us what list he took to liam's event when he wasn't trying hard so i know you're trying to make make some jokes but actually i've looked at it nobody took this list at worlds <laughs> but just say yeah. what you brought so um say the list. yeah so basically i decided if i went to board in brum that i wanted a break from my republic list and so the Republic is, I was getting fed up of putting out 20 plus upgrade cards. So I thought I'd try some of the Battle of Yavin Imperials. Uh, so it was Vader, Battle of Yavin Vader, uh, Backstabber, and Maul of Mithril. Uh, I took Moff Gideon in TIE Fighter with Cloak and Device, Overdue Modulators, and Elusive. And I took uh, Vizier uh, Reaper with Emperor Palpatine Crew. So four four upgrade cards over the entire list. So you uh, took the you took the wrong Reaper, and that's why Marcus beat you. Well, right. you say the wrong wrong Reaper. So the, <laughs> so the way I was thinking, I about quite like it, that Reaper actually. Well, so the, the reason I took that Reaper is that it is more survivable because um, not more survivable. Sorry, uh, it's less no, survivable. No, it's it's less survivable, but it gave me the coordinate. Which allowed me to do things like if uh, Vader was pointing at a rock, I could coordinate Vader to barrel roll away from the rock, much like I do with Obi Wan. So, so what you've, say, you've <laughs> got used to system phase barrel rolls. <laughs> you, you, you've got used to being able to point your ace at a rock and not worry about it. <laughs> well, well, yes, uh, and with free afterburners on Vader, um, or either either the Tie Fighters as well. Uh, but also little things like being able to uh, double stack Moff Gideon with defensive tokens, uh, you know, when when he's about to sort of fly into the middle. So ha- having evade focus when he's sort of going in, or even cloaking, and then he can do another action. Um, so there, yeah. were, there were little things I was doing. But also, um, because I hadn't practiced this list at all, having Palpatine crew gave me a little bit of sort of, um, sort of backup uh, for like mods mm-hmm. and stuff if I needed it. Um, yeah. and actually the Reaper did a lot of work like it did an awful lot of punching over the weekend 
So, I mean, Vader Reaper three ties was Andrew Cox's second place list, wasn't it? Yeah. And Vader, <laughs> Vader three ties in Suntier was um, Corentin's oh, no, no, top, abso- top absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so what I, uh, I think I put on the post is that you know the internet's not wrong, the community's not wrong. Like you know these yeah. these are very good ships for their points. Um, you know what I want is actually try the different things. So I, I didn't want to take Iden because I've flown an awful lot of Iden. I know mm-hmm. I know what she does, uh, but I wanted to try Moff Gideon because I've been on the receiving end of it a few times. So I, <laughs> so I, I wanted to try it out. And uh, like game one, all Moff Gideon really did was go and grab a, a salvage crate and just be scoring points. Um, oh, you know, me. and you know that was you know really helpful. Uh, but in game two, uh, Moff Gideon meant I two shotted uh, Keo A wing. Yeah. Um and then um in my last game against Andy Cameron, it was a fifty fifty decision about which side of, of a rock Boba was going. Uh, I gambled that he was going to come at, at my my Reaper and Moff Gideon, so I sent mm-hmm. my entire list to basically kill box Boba, and he went that way. And then because the way Moff Gideon was situated, Boba couldn't shoot Moff Gideon, so I just used his ability twice. And then mm-hmm. suddenly those, you know, Boba's ability to reroll two defensive dice and spend force or focus, he can't he can't do any of that. And I put yeah. um I put Boba into hull in the first engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, that makes him worried. Oh, you know, absolutely, because he, he was he yeah. was he was panic pilots as well. So so, yeah. so then he has to pop his contraband cybernetics the next turn, which you know sort of makes him a bit more predictable where where he's going to be and. And what actions he might do. So, mm-hmm. um, no, no. I mean, I, the the list was great. Like um, Vader's very different. So, like your your was he seven point Vader? You can do a lot more with him. Like you, you know, you are you know focus target lock, possibly barrel roll. You know, spending your force for all those extra actions. Whereas this, you're generally just target locking. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did find as well is that if you got a range one shot. You don't need the target lock. So if you haven't got the target lock, you can probably still get three hits. Yeah. Um because of because of his ability to spend the force for the hit. Um yeah. so yeah, but the, the two TIE fighters were, were nuts. Like Yeah, I've been I've been playing kind of Corentin's list and the Battle of Yavin Vader is really good. And the TIE Fight like I've a Moff Gideon is really good and it's like what else do you put? With those two ships, um, and obviously the version I'm using has got Suntier and Aiden and a Black Squadron Ace. I think is the third Tie Fighter, but you can drop Suntier down to the Reaper, which isn't really a bad trade-off because you get that utility piece um, and get the better Tie Fighters. Um, and you basically can just punch through stuff because Moff Gideon basically just says no to a lot of the stuff in the game that makes it oppressive. Um, and if you've got those two I six ships punching with four dice attacks, um, with Moff Gideon saying you can't use stuff, and I think Vader's got marksmanship and Suntir's got crack shot, and basically you can risk putting them in for one attack because if you're just going to erase something at I six, it gives you a massive, massive leg up in the game. Yeah. So, and I'll yeah, say yeah, to go. I play Corentin at. Um... Uh, world, it was his Moff Gideon that absolutely decimated any abilities that I had to try and push through these, you know, these tight TFO shots and all that kind of stuff. It was just, and you know, and, or it, it, I could, didn't know how to deal with it. I'll be honest. When I when I when he had his Sintu and he had his Vader and all this kind of stuff, and he's just stacking 
all these strange tokens and doing Moff Gideon and Moff Gideon this, Moff Gideon that, and it was just brutal, brutal. So at one point, you were like, going. wait a minute, wait a minute, can well, you just yeah. explain this to me? Well, well, <laughs> I mean, again, please. So, so this, this list actually is uh, Jonathan Grass's list from Worlds. So it's my game one at Worlds that I lost Obi-Wan to in turn two. Because Obi-Wan, and I couldn't really avoid it, Obi-Wan was sat range one of a cloaked Moff Gideon, and uh, two TIE Fighter shot uh, Obi-Wan, and I rolled no evades. And so yeah. none of my dedicated work, none of my focuses worked. So it's like, yeah, Obi-Wan just died. So it's like, well, I, I do like to play with lists that beat me, because then I like to try and understand like what, what it does and, and, and how it works. Yeah, it's good. I think the, the, the Feroff versus vizier conversation is is a is a valid discussion like it's fair off a seventh sister that gives you all that tractor nonsense that you can do when things end up stressed in front of you um but then you know you've got the palp kind of floating force which is really really good because palp force is good for everybody right um so um yeah it's a, it's interesting it's interesting so yeah so the, the, the initiative initiative five afterburners on those tie fighters is is very good as well and that, yeah. that basically meant in some games where, you know, like the easiest way to kill TIE Fighters with, is with bombs. Well, not only have these guys got four holes, they don't care so much about bombs. But those turns where people were dropping bombs, I could do a five forward or a hard three or something like that. And then afterburners. And so I was never taking the bombs. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, a lot of fun with the list. Um, and it's just, you know, something to play with, you know, before points change and... Um, it's the, the it's the bit I love about playing like after worlds is you just kind of I've been sent to people and I've been playing them. Look, I didn't get to go to worlds, so now I'm using all the lists that people did use when they went to worlds that I didn't get a chance to use or that I didn't think up beforehand. Um, I'm going to use them. So, and most of the lads at the club are kind of oh yeah, cool because they're kind of doing the same thing or very similar things. Um, so I've I've had. Corrington's list in my bag for a couple of days. Um, if I had a Reaper, I'd be trying out um, Andrew Cox's list, but I don't. So I'm going to be trying out Nathan Ides, I think, um, tomorrow if night. If you let me know what you want tonight, I will bring it for you. Um, okay. Do you own multiple Reapers then? No, but I'm not using one at the moment. So oh, you can okay. use mine. Ah, cool. Um, I might give that one a try tomorrow then. Um, so yeah, anyway. Um, so at Celebration, as we were going to talk about before Ben so rudely interrupted me to make bring shame on Tim for flying <laughs> filthy medalists <laughs> while apparently not trying hard. Um, at Star Wars Celebration, AMG did a panel. We, we've talked about kind of the stuff that they released anyway um, a couple of weeks ago because they kind of talked about, um, you know, the store kits and the, the dash coming back and all this kind of stuff. Um, Tim, you had a, a little bit of a conversation with the lead designer with Will Schick um at the amg stall because he was over shilling shatterpoint wasn't he yeah yeah it was it was nice actually um so um uh, it wasn't just will schick um simone elliott was there as well and um i think actually they were trying to help on uh the stand uh because they were starting to get overrun um and it's a little bit frustrating so i spoke to the demo staff literally as we got in at i don't know half 10 or whenever it was and said oh can i book a shatterpoint demo for later in the day so no no it's fine you can have a demo now so no, no i don't want a demo now i want a demo later oh no we're not taking bookings so we went off to a panel about the old republic games uh came back at i don't know what half 11 12 o'clock and they'd been booked up solidly for the day 
So uh, I was a, a bit, you know, miffed at that. Uh, but then as I sort of turned around, I saw Will. So I thought I'd uh, grab him and have a little chat about, um, you know, worlds, podcast, events, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Did he have anything interesting to say? Um, not really. I mean, like, um, we, we, we chatted about some bits and bobs, um, you know, and it's, uh, um, you know, I chatted obviously about our events and what, what we've been doing. Um, I didn't press him for anything sort of like new releases or anything like that, because, uh, I mean, they, they, they were, you know, there was, you know, masses of people all around all over the place. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was, I was just sort of saying hello more than anything, really. Um, it yeah. was, I think what was really cool was actually seeing, um, you know, AMG there represented, um, like showing off games essentially. And I know they did, they actually went up on the live stage. And, uh, if you actually stand in the hall, I mean, there's thousands of people around them and they're on stage being live streamed and all this, um, yeah. you know, stuff. And it's you know really cool for them to sort of be up there, um, and sort of talking about the game. And I know there's a lot of angry nerds were sort of saying, well, where, where are, where are new release uh, announcements and where's this, where's that? And, and although they hinted at like, you know, Hondo for Shatterpoint and stuff like that, um, but they weren't actually up there for us. They were up there for the, like, the wider um, sort of Star Wars sort of fan um, to sort of, sort of promote, uh, you know, the sort of the gaming that, you know, that we do. You know, in, and in, if you want, if you like Star Wars and you, you used to play tabletop game or you like tabletop game why not play legion why not play shatterpoint why not play x-wing so yeah um, yeah i think that was really good yeah it was good and i mean you you, you had a quick chat with will about um organized play and stuff and he kind of said pretty much i'm gonna paraphrase it as watch this space there's people hired and we've started working on it now so we know that store kits are coming we know that regionals are coming so hopefully now there's resources in place we'll actually start to see uh stuff driving forward in that in that space in in kind of a more structured and and more organized way because while i love going to events i also love having more than a month's notice to plan to get to them um because you know mrs polly is a very understanding wife and I love her dearly, but my brownie so, points only go so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, so I did my, my thing I did last year was I booked a hotel early, um, with a, you know, you can re- refund it before, you know, some point in May for a full refund because, you know, you can pretty much guarantee there is going to be something big at expo for, you know, X wing, but mm-hmm. it is very frustrating. I mean, we have the luxury that we only live, you know, a couple of hours away. Um, but yeah, anybody that, you know, wants to sort of travel further or, you know, fly in if, you know, if they're coming in from the continent and stuff like that. Um, and it always, so with like 40 K, um, I was always announcing my events like a year in advance and everybody was doing it a year in advance and we knew when the big events were and, you know, that calendar was just rolling. And then if something new came up, you still had a year's notice and, you know, people could adjust dates and stuff. And then, you know, it makes it really awkward as as it always has done for us because it's like I I want to book book a date for Sift Taker Squadrons, so I've mm. picked a date now. Uh, so we're going to be doing that on the twenty first of October, at board in Brum. Um, but who knows if there's a Worlds Regional on that weekend, the weekend before, the weekend after, uh, and that could absolutely kill the event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the thing is that we we just we've got to just book stuff and hope and last year we asked um amg way in advance we kind of said look we're going to run an event at the beginning of february and we don't want to clash with something we don't want something within four weeks of it 
um, that's official, you know, can you guarantee us or can you tell us that we're not being stupid? And they were very nice and they said, yeah, you should be all right. We, you know, we, we haven't got any firm plans in place, but you should be all right sort of thing, um, which was cool that they did that for us. Hmm. Um, but, you know, sim- similarly, um, it's frustrating that you don't get the opportunity to... Um, it's frustrating that you, there's nothing like pre-scheduled. Like we know these store events are coming. We know we're going to work together with as many of the stores around the country as we can to try not to clash so that people that can attend multiples can actually get to them. Um, but it's frustrating that we don't know when those are turning up and when we can start planning them. And, you know, I know from trying to book a date for the Sith Taker Open, the element doesn't easily find a half a room. Um, for a day no. you know they can make space but you know they're moving people who've put bookings in place maybe six or 12 months in the future to try and make space for it. i think this, the store events are capped at 32 people which is what's that about a third of a, a room at element no yeah yeah it's tw- 24 is about a quarter yeah so it's just a little bit more than a quarter of a room um so yeah it's a bit yeah, it's it is. So I I know that the London GT, which is likely to be another bigish X Wing event, if and when that's announced, uh, they are running. I think thirtieth of September, first of October. So I had that, and I'm not expecting anything big in the UK. So you know, I don't think it will clash with a massive amount of people if if we go in October. So. I think we'll be okay, um, and and yeah, you know, this is it. Like you know, people want to know, want to plan, you know. Like you say, you, you've you've had to go and you know negotiate with with you know your better half about you know if you can come out and play and stuff like that, and other people will have to have those discussions as well if they wanted to go. Uh, you know, Germany was great last year, but you know, do we go back to Germany or perhaps you know perhaps the Netherlands get one? Um, you know, maybe Scandinavia. Who knows? So yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. I think um, the the hype around events works both ways. So yes, people are excited for the for the game, but then also there's going to be that that building pressure and frustration that we just don't know where to direct that uh, excitement because mm-hmm. we, we haven't got the events to book into and get excited about. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm hyper conscious that we've sold out a year in advance, and now we're just going to have a lull for ten months before we have to start building the hype for the upcoming event. At which point, a bunch of people who've bought tickets off the back of a lot of excitement post-Worlds might go, I don't want to go to Stockport in February, it's cold. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Why don't we have a Sith Taker Open 4.5 in the middle of the year? Because What, you mean, have a, have a half a one? But then that then potentially runs into uh, World Regional Territory. And that's it. We, we could announce an event for, I don't know, September or end of October or November, and then suddenly AMG or Asmodee you, you, Europe or whoever announces the German World's Regional on the I know on uh, or back to back weekends and stuff, and that's one reason why we went for sort of February originally was because it was well out of that sort of that time, so that you know it was a lot safer. I was just trying to get rid of the ten month lull that Rich was alluding to. <laughs> so we, as Tim's mentioned, we have got Sith Taker. Um squadrons coming up in uh the middle of the did you say june am i being mad (laughs) you're mad uh so no it's september isn't it no october 
Oh, close <laughs> so, t- t- uh, so basically, twenty first, twenty second of October, we're going to run a uh, an event at Board and Brum. Uh, the Saturday will be a four round uh, team event, so three player teams, uh, one player per faction, capped at sixteen teams. So there'll be one unbeaten team. Um, so what's that? Forty eight players. Um, so that's still like a really good turnout. And then the Sunday, uh, Liam's going to treat you all to a one-player uh, singles event. So if you want to stay over and make a weekend of it, you can. If you just want to play in a team event, you can. If you just want to come up for the singles event on the Sunday, you can. I think the big question really is, are we going to manage a snapshots team this time? I mean, I'm probably okay to play. It depends if I'm running things again, but yeah. Well, it's up to you three, really, if you two want to make a team, or is Liam going to d- ditch you all for better players? I mean, I've already asked Adam because I've, I have got a title to defend. So I'm seeing so, if so, my... so, so you're ditching Rich and Ben. That's fine. To, to be honest, I'm very unlikely to be able to go. But um, <laughs> so Ben's, Ben's, Ben's actually Ben's by, then, by then, no, by then I'll have had a few months clear since Expo and a few other things. So I might be able to sneak uh, sneak a day away. It won't be I won't be there for the two days, but I'll be there for the one. I think maybe the question needs to be whether Liam's still on the podcast at that point, then. What, are we getting rid of me? (laughs) I mean... I mean, I understand, but... I understand, you big softy. I mean, like, Boarding Brum is absolutely doable as a one-day event. Like, So I I did it myself, and it's, what, an hour and 15, max hour and 30 drive, really, out from Manchester, so... I've done it a couple of times, It's, it's a... It's mostly motorway, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, it is it's, good. yeah, and in that that time of day as well, the motorway's dead because you, you're driving down at like eight o'clock in the morning, and because we like popped to the pub for you know a, a drink and a bit of food afterwards, you're driving back at like seven o'clock in the evening. Um, so yeah, you avoid all the traffic. Yeah, the, the... it's a pretty central location. There for, I think for most X-wing players, but you know, in that Midlands location. It's really convenient and it's quite a nice place to be. And the store that they've got there, it's got some good stuff in it as well, which is great. Yeah. So, yeah, There's always something there. to spend your credit on, isn't there, Marcus? There's always something to spend credit on, absolutely. <laughs> I think la- la- last time I bought green, yellow, blue, red uh, card sleeves so that I could have my card sleeves matching my base identifiers so that my simple brain doesn't have to read words. I can just have to look at colours. <laughs> Surely, like sure, yeah. Well, this is it. Surely, you just need to buy yourself the Mighty Morphin uh, Power Ranger sticker book, and then you, then, <laughs> and then you get some lovely uh, coloured, sti- you know, helmet stickers that you can stick onto your sleeves. But um, uh, funnily enough, actually, I, I I spent some of my uh, store credit uh, on sleeves, so I bought some of the uh, tarot card sleeves, so I can actually put the um, the Battle of Yavin and Siege of Coruscant uh, pilots into sleeves. I got a tarot box to put all the cards in so they're easy to organize. Yeah, I need to sort something out. It's annoying me that they're not in proper storage. Um, yeah, I've so... got the sleeves. I just haven't got the box. So... Yeah, yeah I same here. Sleeves. I need to get a sleeve yeah, um, and a box. The little, I can't think what they're called now. Is it something guard? Ultimate like guard. Blast, ultimate oh, guard. Yeah. Like, like a little plastic box thing, like yeah. a deck box. Every uh, every time I go looking for tarot card um, storage solutions, I I come away smelling of patchouli oil. 
Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all a bit it's all a bit weird um cool um i think we're pretty much done i know it's been a bit of a short one today but has anybody else got anything that they wanted to chat through today yeah i really enjoyed running an event to be honest it was successful so you didn't play because that would have meant that there was a buy so you just ran it brought your dog down had a bit of a chill out and relax yeah yeah boba turned up at like three-ish i think because he missed and his caused- dad and he caused work. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, caused a bit of chaos just by running around and doing a bit of mind sweeping for any spare food. <laughs> just like his dad. Yeah. <laughs> Although it doesn't have to hit the floor for me to start taking it. It's still on your plate. <laughs> so what, 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 what did you enjoy about running the event, Liam? Because, I mean, the yeah. last time you tried to run an event, you basically gave up and let Tim do it. So what was different this time? Well, I went into the event. Well, Tim, I, Tim was busy. <laughs> Tim was Sorry, very busy. Over, no. <laughs> I wish, I wish he'd have helped me run it. Probably keep a bit more order. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It was just nice and chill. I didn't have to focus on anything. I wasn't physically in the best condition anyway, because I've pulled a muscle in my back. So I'm like pretty much done up on painkillers at the moment um but yeah it was just nice walking around and being able to like talk to people to be honest i've missed the social side of x-wing which is something i really enjoyed at worlds so the first time i'd actually stopped and spoke to marcus properly was worlds because i heard an english accent i was like what i I don't remember hearing his name or anything before and I spoke to Marcus about this at Boarding Brum. He's just completely flown under the radar. And just walking around an event, having people confidently call judge, even when I'm the judge, and me be able to give an actual informed answer. <laughs> that was surreal. It's not okay, necessarily the right answer, but you're just the one in charge, so whatever he says goes. I'm judge, jury, executioner, and it's my tournament. <laughs> In fairness, a lot of the decisions you made were were, were sound by all accounts. You know, you, I take you, it you went your way then. <laughs> <laughs> Not always, but yeah, it, it worked. It's all good. I mean, you were unhappy with your round three pairing, but uh, <laughs> you managed to get through that one. Was it? Was it? My, oh yeah, the chance engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was fine. That was fine. That was a. That was a brutal one. That one for the uh, my opponent. So I felt sorry for him at the end. <laughs> completely, I completely uh, trapped his Vader, and he just he had nowhere to go. So he, I think he ate six so, shots against his Vader, and he was just yeah. That was the Vader game. chose death. <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, I think he, I didn't. He, I don't think he thought I would turn in on him, and I did. So. Yeah, unfortunately, it's always really satisfying when that happens, though, isn't it? <laughs> it was great. It was good. <laughs> so you call that bluff, and then you're like, ah, "Gotcha." <laughs> it's one it's, of the things that I I realise from running events is that like 99% of the player base are just really grateful that somebody who kind of knows what they're doing has put their time in to making the event happen and has given their time up to run the event rather than playing in it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have been gifted things because of it by people that are really cool, which is lovely um, with, with the Open. Um, most people, when they call a judge, it's because between the two players, I, I was having this conversation with Sean actually last um, last week. It's like 
we don't have referees in X-Wing. We don't have people whose job it is to watch a game and make sure that the game state is correct and blow a whistle and say, you've done something wrong, stop, roll it back, do it again. What we've got is judges who are there to arbitrate when two players can't make an agreement. Now, I know that when you're on like the top table at Worlds or something like that, it's more like there's a referee in it watching or, or five of them, more likely. Um, but, you know, um, when you make a decision in a game, they might be disappointed that it's not gone the way that they want it to go, but they're like, well, fine, because I thought it was in, you thought it was out, he said it was out, fine, carry on. Might disagree with it, but you move on. Um, and the players are just grateful that there's somebody there to basically say, look, we don't have to have an argument about this. If any of us is going to get pissed off, we're going to be pissed off with Rich, because he's the one that's told us <laughs> that it's it's A, not B, or B, not A, or whatever. So, Yeah. So I'll be completely honest, because I was stressing about everything going right, I forgot I was also the judge. Somebody <laughs> shouted a judge and you stood there looking around waiting for the judge to turn up, right? The first time I was like, why is no oh wait, that's me. <laughs> Where's an adult? Where's an adult? <laughs> looking around um, panic. Tim was there as, as well, uh, just to help me use long shanks and kind of navigate around the menu. Although he just the first time he just stood next to me and watched me just struggle my way through it and I managed to get it I was like oh this is really easy so once you've figured out the menus and stuff it is actually quite easy to use well I mean but, I, I didn't that's the best way of learning but I didn't have to stand there I mean yes it is better to let you work it out but I didn't need to help you because it is actually fairly self-explanatory and I and all I was doing I, I mean I just watched over your shoulder that you didn't you know delete the event or something like that you know <laughs> Um, but they only do that at worlds. No, and I think like it was, it, it yeah, it was a, a nice, it was a casual event. So like we, I mean, I, there were times where I think I was watching a game and the players w- were going to call a judge and they saw me and were like, "Can I make the art check?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I can do that." You know, I wasn't actually a judge, but you know, I, I was quite happy to help out. And, and I think um, I could hear other people also asking like you know rules questions to each other and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a good day. Yeah, it was. There was one time, I think it was the break after lunch, where I'd completely forgot my role in the entire event. And I just stood outside five minutes past the time I told everyone to get back by. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't perfectly run. Uh, There's definitely things I can improve on, but my attention span has been a problem for the last 31 years of my life, so I don't think it's going to change. But nothing, nothing, nothing was, you know... Uh, sort of bad because of that, you know. There was like the, the day still ran on time, you know. Uh, you know, we, we had all the results went in fine, and everyone got you know the sort of the correct decisions they needed for in their games and stuff. So, and this is it. A lot of it, like I, I know, um, you know, I people sort of hype up like perhaps events that I've run and stuff like that. And Rich will probably have now seen behind the curtains as such. And a lot of it is just organization. And, and once you get going, a lot of the players know what they're doing. And, you know, the whole thing, once you once you press pair round one, the whole event just, just starts running. And all you're there yeah. is you're just there just to sort of just every now and again, just, you know, just correct the steering wheel a little bit, just, to, you know, just keep it on track. Um, and that's it, really. I mean, I, I, I find events actually to be a lot more stressful leading up to the event and set up. And once you get going, everything tends to be fine. I feel you're selling yourself short there, Tim. I've never been to a better run event than events you've run. 
No event I've ever been to has run ahead of schedule like yours. No, the, but the, the only <laughs> thing that the only complaint the only complaint people have about the events that Tim runs is that they're so smoothly run that you don't have any time between rounds to chill out and talk to people because it's like it's metronomic. It's like no, I can't sit in the corner and noodle on my phone while they do the fourth repair because something's gone wrong. It's, it's yeah, just and, it's just happening. No, and, so, I, and, and I do and I do like that, and I do I do pride myself on running you know those kind of events, but equally like when i'm setting up the event schedule i'll put like two hours in for the round because i know it takes 10 minutes for people to get to the table you know then you've got the hour and, f- hour and 15 to play and then invariably a- at least one game is going to have overrun 10 minutes then we want you know sort of pairings going and sometimes when i see people's event timings i look at them and go Oof. you know you, you know <laughs> if, 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 if you've put in an hour and 30 you know, per game, you know, that is where you, you are going to start running behind. Whereas at least if, if you go, if you make it generous and you end up, you know, running ahead of schedule, then most people are happy with that. I mean, I, I do actually, <laughs> I have had it at events where I am, I'm ready to pair. And I think actually I need, let me, let me just wait five minutes because it is almost too soon. And you want to give players that, you know, chance to have a break and you know pop to the loo and whatever they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think considering I only expected like eight or ten people because the last time we ran an event was like November. I was like, it might take a bit of time to kick back up, but I reached out to people. They spread the words, and then I heard we got thirteen. I was quite happy. I was like, I can run thirteen people. That that should be fine. Uh, I made sure I had a list packed so nobody actually had to sit out. I also asked a few people to bring a spare list, so I'm not just using separatist stuff against the person who's currently sitting bottom. Uh, so when we hit even numbers, that was a relief. But then to see 22 people rock up and ready to play and enjoy it, it was it was really nice. And to hear that everyone actually enjoyed the event and it ran smoothly, it's it, it's reassuring to know that I can actually do a decent job. It'd be it's interesting fact that every round was either 76 minutes or 78 minutes. <laughs> Nothing ran sub 75. But the main thing I wanted to do is remove any stress from the event. So when it came to pairings going up, I made sure everyone had at least a, f- a few rocks on the board before I started the timer. Just yeah. so there was no actual sense of urgency. Uh, there was a couple times where I just put an extra couple of minutes on the round and said the timer's gone because I knew people had started to pick up the up the pace then and uh, just cracked on. It also meant I didn't have to keep checking my phone or running round tables because I know people will govern themselves. But uh, yeah, there was minimal checks throughout the day. It was really easy. Everyone was really respectful. Anytime I asked for any clarification, uh, so there was one where it was about removing a die because it was outside the bullseye, but it, it was range zero and that's a dice mod. I just blanked, panicked, and I just ran over to Daddy Tim, and he just got. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, sorted. Right, I'll see you in a bit." But it, it was it was great to run an event. Um, I do want to play more, but we are going to be having monthly tournaments aboard in Broome now, and if we can get a similar turnout every month, I'll be absolutely buzzing because it was great. It was just great to see new faces, old faces, and everyone had a good time. It was great. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really good store, and it's great that they support the events as well. Um, so awesome! Thank you. It's good to know Liam. That's a good good bit of stuff at the end. Um, cool. So, um, 
shout outs time, I guess. Um, Marcus, have you any shout outs you want to do? That'd be great. So obviously, I want to say a huge thanks to uh, the, the, the the sort of the teams I had around me in preparation for both worlds, and obviously this board in Brum. Um, tournament so shout out to the Kessel runners so that's Rob Warren Steve Dugard Mark Ward uh, so that was really they really really great and then obviously all the Mandos who you know in the run up to Worlds sort of went to their tournaments and they'll say have you tried this have you tried that you know all, all the lads there are really really great as well so yeah uh, huge thank you to all those guys brilliant uh, yeah and finally I'd really like to do a massive shout out for sort of my best mate um, Simon Seed who despite not being an X-Wing player or having relatively little interest in any sort of tabletop gaming was generous enough to sort of come with me all the way to Chicago, uh, you know, flight, hotel, all that kind of stuff, you know, with expense to his pocket and hang out for two days in a convention center just to keep me company and just be part of it. So he, a massive shout out for him, a huge thank you. He was uh, instrumental in, uh, you know, sort of keeping me calm and composed throughout the, so those sort of two days. He's a, a good lad. So. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Cool. Cool. Um, Liam, other than Board and Brum that we've shouted out about 19 times already this episode, any shout-outs from you? I'm going to shout-out to Tim. Because Tim inspires confidence in me when there should be none. (laughs) You always sell yourself short, mate. Yeah, but it's better to set a low bar. My, my, My low bar for a successful tournament is that nothing sets on fire. (laughs) <laughs> and I should pass that I, I, there's a joke somewhere about you being freakishly tall setting a low bar for yourself but I, I, I can't figure one out so just imagine I said something really witty okay that's okay just, just <laughs> that was amazing that's <laughs> <Cheers>, right <man. laughs> but uh, yeah so shout out to Adam for dodging it as well <laughs> making me take responsibility Surely it's his turn next time. Well, that's, 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 well, that's, he, he was having to work because he works for a um, group, yeah. and they and it was the national weekend, so he's not allowed to not be working well, so on the busiest day of the year. Surely, surely that's bad planning on your part, Liam. He should have arranged it for the weekend after, because then he's <laughs> probably got the he's probably got the weekend off for work. That would have been it. But you know. I know, but Yaz Yaz is away then, so I wouldn't have been able to attend. Uh... And my attendance is very key in me picking dates. <laughs> it's the benefit to be in the TO is you get to plan when it happens. <laughs> I, but, uh, cool. Yeah, uh, shout out to everyone that came as well. Marcus, you spread the word. Steve Bolton spread the word despite not even going himself. Got Rich Green away down. Stu True as well. He bought Ace. Uh, he was looking at selling up. And he thought he'd just give it one last hurrah, give it a go. And then it turns out he's no longer selling this stuff and he wants to play more. Because he's remembered that he actually enjoys the game. Yes. Yeah. And And that 2.5 is actually quite fun. And if you sit and listen to people talking negatively in the internet about something for long enough, of course you're going to feel negatively about it. So as we've been saying for a year, get out and play with your ships and you'll find that you actually still enjoy it. Yep. Great, thank you. Tim, do you want to reciprocate the shout-out back to Liam? Yeah, I was going to, but now he shouted me out, it just feels a bit awkward. Um, <laughs> but no, it was it was a fun day, and it was well run, so well done, Liam. Um, I will shout out to uh, yeah, all, all my opponents. It was uh, a, a great day, and thanks for letting me um, do horrible, horrible things to them. 
uh with the list uh yeah special special well special shout out to ollie um so i did play ollie williams which obviously the joke comes out you know the bye and we all laughed haha and he'd actually taken uh the top eight rebels list and so like rebel alpha into imperials you know i wasn't looking like forward to it too much uh first engagement turn one i killed Aaron kraken and did a shield on wes for no damage Oh, and I'm like, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, yes, and that game was extremely one-sided, and I just think it's some superpower that he's got. Um, and it was his dice, Tim. yeah. All boys are easy wins. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was like me, 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 and Ollie, like we sort of he, he rolled his dice, like he rolled fourteen red dice. With re- obviously after re-rolls and stuff in the first engagement and I think got three hits and crits it was sounds like he needs to roll better uh, it was I mean it was horrendous like my TIE fighters were like bracing and then were like why have we still got our focus tokens so uh, yes I, I apologise uh, to Ollie profusely but um, yeah it was it was still a fun uh, fun day um one thing we were able to do this weekend was I managed to hand out a lot of the um, Atomic Mass Games prize support that we were given from Worlds. Um, so thanks to uh, Richard Greenaway and Tom Veal, uh, who are mewling uh, a load of prize support to various other people around the country. So we, I think we've got stuff going up to Leeds, Sheffield. Uh, we've got it going down to Bristol, Western Supermare, all the way down to... Exeter to Curtain Games. I've just put some in the post down to Bournemouth. Uh, obviously, uh, Steve and Gloucester's got some as well. So um, we are we've got the other box, and uh, me, uh, Chris Mitchell, and, and Louis are going to get together at, at um, Games Expo and basically pull the rest together um, so that we can obviously get those out to other tos around the country. That's brilliant. It's great stuff that we've got. That so um, I just wanted to. Um, Oh, Ben, did you have any shout-outs before I do? I did, yes. Yeah, go on. Uh, just want to shout-out everyone who signed up. We got, um, it was over 160 last time I checked. For the league. Let's take a league. Yeah, you, you got yeah, out. So, so oh, it's, sorry. Uh, sign-ups are yes, still... Just, yeah, we've got over 160 already. Um, from all over the place, actually. It's all over the world this time. I'm very happy. Um, people are keen to play organised expoing, even if it's one game a week on a 10 hour time difference with somebody from New Zealand or whatever um, especially considering how little it's actually been pushed this time because I thought it was going to have to be a, a bit of a slog to get people signed up again but one post and a Facebook post and we've talked on it on here and that's about it really Yeah. oh and obviously in the uh, official mod as well yeah, I signed up and then I unsigned myself and then I re-signed myself again because I was <laughs> I was going through a, oh, I hate this, it's stupid. Why am I even playing online next thing? I hate it compared to real life. And I was like, actually, no, it can be quite good fun. I was just in a bit of a negative Nancy one day. <laughs> I'd also <laughs> like to Whatever. shout out um, Quarantine, who's currently in the, the Sif Taker Discord going on about wine again. Being the I ultimate mean, French man he possibly could be. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> so, so, put it in water, is he? He's what's um, mate? He's not telling us to put it in water again, is he? <laughs> He's just oh. shared a, a gif of someone 
with two baguettes beating someone down, which I'm quite, <laughs> quite impressed with. So basically what happens is the, the, the Chilean guys who told us about the dice have have basically been saying, you know, the, the, the last great thing since uh, it was um, a certain Malbec, I think, or something like that. And then uh, Tim, and I'm not, it's not you, Tim, but it's somebody called Timbo Slice, which isn't you. Tim King, it's a different Tim. Um, I, 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 change it to, I, to be honest, Timbo Slice the tribute. Yeah, well, this is it. When I when, when I saw his hoodie at Worlds, I was like, hey. <laughs> so anyway, he started talking about wine and started talking knowledgeably about wine and being like, oh, 2017 was a great year for Chileans and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I've just tagged um, Corrington saying people are talking about wine that's not French. And he's gone full French wine expert in the chat, which basically is aggressively telling people they're wrong when they're drinking any wine that isn't French wine. Um, so... But anyway, he likes beer as well, apparently, now. But we're not just going to read out a Discord chat over and over again. I mean, um, I, I'm currently changing his nickname to the Frenchest man. <laughs> so I want to uh, I want to quickly um, shout out Jack Johnson, who's a player who went to uh, Board and Brum, who I played against at Sheffield. He's from the Steel City Squadron. Um, and I was looking down the lists from Board and Brum, and I noticed that he'd gone 3-1, and one, uh, which was a great result. Uh, but he did it with three Imperial Aces. He's the guy I played in round three. Yeah. So, who who uses Imperial Aces? Turns out Jack does and does all right with them. Only lost to the eventual winner. So, there you go. Yeah, I was like, ah, what? He's, he's got a few decent albums as well. They're really growing you after a while. Has, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, so, when I was playing against him in Sheffield, I, I did the usual thing where I turned up and I was like, hi, I'm Rich. And he was like, I'm Jack. And I was like, Jack Johnson. He went, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no. The New Zealand, you know, surf bomb singer, and he was like, "No, no, not him." And I was like, "Right, okay." And then the the American singer songwriter. Oh, whatever. Um, So anyway, yeah, he got famous first of all in New Zealand, um, or uh, it's it's complicated why I think he's from New Zealand. So we'll we'll leave it there. Um, But anyway, about thirty seconds later, because I had my brain works, I'd forgotten his name, and I was like, "Oh mate, I'm really sorry. It's it's John, isn't it?" He went, "No, it's Jack." Like like the singer and i was like oh yeah and now i'll never forget so um yeah anyway it was uh <laughs> he was uh he, he's done really well with that list and i can't understand how i like you can do well with triple imperial aces but it just goes to show what do i know about imperials well done um liked it um cool well call it there as i see gifts to do with frenchness going all up in the discord like that's it so um I'm going to say goodbye from Ben. Goodbye. Goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Were you muted again? No. Toodles. 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 We'll say goodbye. Toodles. 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 Careful, we might need a soundboard. Right, I'm going to say goodbye from Tim. Toodles. Uh, <laughs> goodbye from Marcus. Cheers for coming on, mate. No, cheers. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. And it's goodbye from me. Speak to you again soon. Ta-ra.
Toodles, toodles, toodles.